So anyway, <clears throat> let's pray and we're going to get started. Father, we thank you tonight for your love and your blessing. We thank you, Lord, for your hand upon us. Help us tonight, Lord, to be able to share and impart to the people and encourage them in this time tonight, Lord. Father, I thank you for your just blessing. And Lord, anyone that's watching with the on Facebook or the YouTube or wherever they're watching, I just ask you to help them to get the lessons that they need into their heart. And Father, I pray that you give us people with the uh, uh, motivational gift of prophecy. And Lord, that you give us people with the motivational gift of service. And Lord, that you give us people that are not afraid to learn where they need to be and to move out in those gifts. Now, Father, we thank you again for your word. We ask you, Lord, for your help during this time. In Jesus' name I pray. And together we said, Amen. Amen. Need you guys hand these out here if you would, please, sir. Get Aaron there to help you. Or somebody, Bradley. While they're handing those out, <clears throat> there's a couple of things I'd like to share with you uh, as we get started. Um, last week we talked about the motivational gift of prophecy, and that is the uh, ability to be able to discern people's motives and intentions. Uh, it's not discerning whether somebody's a Christian or not a Christian. You just have to watch them a few minutes to figure that out. You can tell because uh, the Bible says that you'll know a tree by its fruit. And if a tree's not producing good fruit, then you're going to know it and, and it'll be seen. Uh, the prophecy motivation, the people with that are considered the eyes of the body of Christ because they're called seers. And to what we're going to talk about tonight are the hands of the body of Christ. Now, remind you of this, <clears throat> as we studied that about the uh, prophecy motivation, that those uh, people that there's only 5% in the body of Christ that has that prophecy motivation. And so if a person has that prophecy motivation, it, sometimes it can be stern, it can be hard, but everything that we do, whatever gift we work with and ever how we function in that, we have to be motivated by love, and we need to realize that. We need to understand that. And uh, let's read this again in Romans chapter 12. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think, I'm skipping on down to verse 3, y'all. Soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching and he who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. So everything we do has to be motivated for, by love. See, God has put us here for a purpose. He put you in the family you're in for a purpose. He put you in the community you're in for a purpose. 
Uh, he puts you in the nation that you're in for a purpose. He puts you in the church that you're in for a purpose. So we all have a purpose, and we all need to, to realize that and, and function that. We need to learn what our gift is, and that's what this teaching is for. Not only that, we need to learn what other people's gifts are and allow them to function in that, help them, and encourage them in that. Now let me remind you again as we go through this time, you're going to see different uh, of these seven gifts, you're going to see different characteristics of those in your life. But even at that, there's going to be one gift that's going to stand out in your life above the others and probably a second. Uh, and But the thing about it is that one that's the, the top one is the one that you need to be dealing with. And uh, if your gift is the motivational gift of prophecy, and I know that there's some that is, then you don't need to be running around looking at everybody trying to figure them out, okay? Just let the Holy Spirit lead you and let love direct you in that. Uh, J.J., would you get another sheet for the gentleman that came in? The most important gift for you is the one that you have, okay? Remember that. And that don't mean it makes you any better than anyone else. And let me clarify this about list. Uh, some people would think that, well, maybe prophecy is the best gift since it's listed first. But you know, I, if you, you can't list everything first. Okay? <laughs> There's going to be a first, the second, third, and the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh. But that don't mean the seventh is not as important as the first. It don't mean it's less important than the first. So whichever one of these gifts that you have, it is equally important to the body of Christ as anyone else's gift is. So remember that. Now something that we're going to find out about one-third of all the Christian people have the server motivation. A lot of folks may not like it. Now listen, if you have got this idea that you've just always got to be out front, focus on you, uh, chances are you do not have the server motivational gift, all right? Now here in the Bible we, we see this and it calls it ministry. But the, the, the Greek word is actually serving. Uh, the Amplified Bible translated as, as needful service. There's as much a need in the body of Christ for people to help as there is for anything else to be done. I mean, if nobody was willing to be a server, uh, then, you know, we'd all come to church in most cases in a dirty church and dirty bathrooms and stuff all over the parking lot. And But people serve, and, and it's a practical service that has a spiritual implication, and it needs to be done. I mean, so, uh, a person with a server motivation to walk up on the front porch and say, man, this porch needs cleaning. And they'll try to figure out some way to do it. Or they may see paper laying in the parking lot and pick it up. Or paper on the floor in the sanctuary. I usually, when I teach on this, drop a piece of paper and see if anybody picks it up, but I forgot to do that tonight. So I'm going to be watching if there's something on the floor somebody needs to pick it up, okay? <laughs> so Because it's important. Uh, because your hands need to be working. Now, the server is one of the most costly gifts because it requires your time and your effort. It may not require any money, but it requires your time and your effort. And see, now here's the thing about it. We may not all have the same amount of money, and we don't. 
but we all have the same amount of time. Regardless of who you are or what category of life that you may be in, you have the exact same 24 hours a day that I do. There's nothing any different about it. So we all have time and uh, the same amount of time. Uh, the server is usually a sacrificial person, and they'll usually neglect things for themselves and their families because they're spending time helping others. It's so like the plumber that fixes everybody else's leak but their own, or the mechanic that keeps everybody else's car going but their own automobile. And a server it tends to be willing to go drop what they're doing at home to go help somebody else and leave what they're doing at home undone and uncared for. And that, you know, and you think, well, and that can be to a fault, that's for sure. Uh, Matthew 20, 27 says, And whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. We're all servants to some extent. Every one of us are to find ways to help serve other people, regardless of what our motivational gift may be. If your motivational gift is organization or, or administration, then you still need to find ways to serve people and to help. You know, we had this serve day here a few weeks ago, and I don't know what we have, 15, 20 all together out there doing that, and, and I would venture to say that not everyone out there had to serve a motivational gift, but they was willing to help. And that's what we we got to be willing to do is be willing to help any way that we can. Uh, a server is a practical assistant. In a lot of places, this is called the ministry of helps because they want to help. I know a lot of the traveling uh, ministries have a team to go with them, and, and they're there for no other purpose except to set up and take down. And, and But they fulfill that because they know that unless they're willing to set up and take down, get loaded up, and go to the next place, that this person that's doing the ministry is not going to be able to do the ministry that God's called them to do. So it's important, uh, you know, that people that with this server motivation that they, that they uh, not only serve out in the community, but they come and serve in the church. You know, it wouldn't be nothing wrong with somebody to tell the pastor, say, Pastor, you come on church, you get ready to, but I'll, I'll come and unlock the doors and turn the lights on and make sure the air is set and, and took care of or, and then let the pastor know, hey, when church's over with, I'll lock up. I'll turn the lights off, I'll lock up, turn the air, take care of all of that for you. I'll do that. That's the ministry of helps. And I'm going to tell you something. People that are willing to serve in the church in eternity will get credit for every soul that is touched just like the pastor or the preacher will because they were involved in helping. And that's important. So we need to realize that. The server is a practical assistant that shows love by meeting needs. And, and they receive fulfillment by needing, meeting the needs of others. A server is durable in a supernatural strength to just keep going. Uh, Moses went up on the mountain when Joshua was fighting the Amalekites. And Aaron and Hur went with him. And Moses, as long as he held his arms up, uh, they would win. And when his arms got tired and they put him down, they would lose. So Aaron and her in the ministry of helps, the server motivation that was in them got a rock and set Moses on it and then held his arms up. And the children of Israel then overcame the Amalekites and defeated them. 
So who was important in that battle? Joshua, because he was the commander of the army? Was it those men out there fighting? Was it Moses with his arms up? Was it Aaron and Hur that was helping? Every one of them was important. Not a one of them was the least important at all in that battle, so we're all important in this. Another thing about a server is that they love to be appreciated or they're closed down. Uh, you know, and you say, well, the pastor needs to recognize, if you see somebody doing something in the church, you need to tell them, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Right. Not just in church, but in other places. You know, uh, I've, I've had this habit of when I go to Walmart, and, and I'll, I don't go to Walmart anymore, and I'll tell you all the story behind that. But, but when I used to go to Walmart, and I'd see somebody out sweeping or picking up garbage or cleaning up and that kind of thing, I'd tell them, hey, I really appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you keeping things clean. And, and I'd tell them, you know your job's important as the manager of this store is? they just look, you know, like, what are you talking about? And I'd tell them, look, if you weren't doing what you were doing, this manager would have a dirty store to have to put up with, and then they would get in trouble. You're important. People that are working in the church, helping in the church, helping in the community, they are important. So remember that. And we need to let them know that we understand that. Uh, I'll, I'll have to say this. There's a lot of people in here that has this motivational gift of service. But one person, and, and she's not out here, that has it is just said. I mean, if you, if you think about a, motiv a motivational gift of serving, and if there's a picture, it would be Jacette Simmons. Now, there's a lot of people that help her. Now, don't get me wrong, and I'm not putting her up. But what I'm saying is this. She does it. She does it thankless. She does it because she, she loves Jesus. She loves the church. She loves people. And it motivates her to do that kind of thing. And tonight, you need to let her know. And, and I'll say this. All you folks that brought food, I, I thank you. Right. I appreciate you. It takes a servant's heart to bring food. Uh, and they and another thing about them, they like to be used or, or they'll go somewhere else if not given a chance to be used. Uh, they can't work. Sometimes they can work, but they can't get others to work. That's not their push. They're not going to come along and say, all right, y'all, come on now, let's get this floor swept. Now they'll just grab a broom and start sweeping it and wonder why everybody else standing around looking. Uh, the attitude is if you want a job done, you've got to do it yourself. And they complain when others won't join in and help. I, I have to say this. I remember years ago, Loretta's mother, she was just busy all the time. And she would cook and have everybody come over and then grumble and complain because she had to cook and everybody come over. But... <laughs> One, one disadvantage about a server is that they'll take too many jobs and uh, they can believe they can get it all done. And here's another thing that they'll do. They'll start a job and before they finish it, they'll move to something else. You know anybody that does that? Uh, yours truly has a problem with that. But they take too many jobs. They don't have the ability to say no. You know, if they're right in the middle of doing something and, and, and you come along and say, hey, I need help doing this, they'll say, okay, and they'll go do it. Or sometimes they may say, as soon as I get this done, I'll be there. But they'll, they don't have the ability to say no. They just keep on working and working and working and end up having too much going on at one time. Another thing that they may be called 
at, at church and and in and out in the, their workplace too. Because see, a per, person has a server motivation; they'll take that to work with them. And if they're being honest in the gift that they've been given, they'll use that gift wherever they go. They may be called brown nosers. You know what I'm talking about. If you ever done much work out in the public, you know what I'm talking about. But they're not. They're just willing to do the extra things. Now, uh, my my main motivational gift is teaching. But right close to that is serving. I love to serve. I love to help. When I was uh, younger and I worked with my dad on construction work, I was the helper. And he told me one day, he said, Son, said, you're a good helper. And the reason was is because I'd watch him and, and uh, whatever he did, I was ready for it. I'd have the material ready. I'd have the hammer ready or, or pliers or whatever he needed. I could look ahead and, and have it ready for it because I wanted to be that good helper to help him. And whenever they talked about a job getting done, you know who they talked about? They talked about him getting that job done. But it made me feel good because I knew that I helped him. And uh, I worked at a place one time, and, and uh, I did a lot of sweeping. I was a supervisor. But whenever we didn't have anything to do, I'd pick up room, go to sweeping, pick up paper, clean up stuff, and make sure that, you know, things look good in my area and all over the place, you know. And uh, it's a great long story, but I'll tell you this, that uh, I had gone to the plant manager, and I asked him, I said, are we going to continue on with this? And he said, whether we do or not, it was a business line that they had started, and I was doing it for them. He said, whether we do or not, I want you to stay here because I like your work ethic. And he said, you're always busy. You're always doing something. And uh, he'd come out in the plant sometimes, and he'd never talk to anybody else. He'd come talk to me. So, and I got the term there, and nearly every construction job I was ever on, as a brown noser because I did the extra stuff. And there's nothing wrong with doing extra. If you got a job, listen to me, young people. Do the extra stuff. Do the extra stuff. It will make an impression on the people you're working for. And, and you know what I'd say to people when they called me a brown noser? I'd say, pay's good. <laughs> Another thing is servers can remember what you uh, want or what you like and don't like. Uh, they can remember things like, in books, or if they could remember things in books as well as they could remember what you like and don't like, they would be college professors. But they don't, that's not their place, that's not their forte. You go to a, somebody that has a motivational gift of serving's house, and uh, if they ask you, do you want a cup of coffee, and you tell them you want cream and sugar in your coffee, the next time you come, it may be two months down the road, but they'll bring you a cup of coffee and cream and sugar in it. They just remember that kind of thing. My wife has a motivational gift of service. And uh, if you come to our house to eat, she hardly sits down because she wants to see that you're taken care of. And the whole family say, Mama, sit down. <clears throat> they love making people happy. But there's one thing about a person with a server motivation, even though they love making people happy, their feelings can be hurt real easy. So when we see somebody doing something, we need to take it easy with them. Martha's a good Bible example of someone with this motivational gift of service. In Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38, 
Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Now, she had this motivational gift for service. She had all these disciples of Jesus, all these followers. No doubt it invited other people. They were planning this big meal, cooked this big meal. And Mary had helped her for a while, but, in, but then after a little bit, she went and sat at the feet of Jesus to hear him teach. Martha was still busy. One thing the person with a motivational gift of service needs to understand, they don't need to get too busy that they lose sight of the Master. They need to always keep their focus on Jesus and understand that what they're doing, they're doing it for Him. Uh, Martha, here, one thing about it, you know, later on, Lazarus got sick, their brother, and he died. And when Jesus came, you know who he spoke to more than anything else? He spoke to Martha. Martha got to see Lazarus raised from the dead. Was it because she had great faith? No, it was because she stayed faithful. Even in her service and even in all of these things, she stayed faithful to what that she needed to be doing. Uh, the weaknesses of a motivator, motiv- uh, server-motivated person are they neglect their home responsibilities to help others. They accept too many jobs. They wear themselves out physically. Their persistence to help may get in on others' nerves. No, let me help, let me help, let me help. They'll go around proper authority to get things done. In other words, uh, the pastor says, well, we need to paint the nursery. And somebody this gift may jump up and run to get some uh, uh, paint to paint it with. And uh, the consensus was we'll paint that nursery gray, but this person finds a good deal on purple paint and brings it back and paints it and says, I got the nursery painted. They'll exclude others from helping them. Not that they don't want to share the glory, but it's just, hey, I'm going to do this, you know, and, and they go to doing it. They become hurt when people are ungrateful. You folks over the years have worked in this church, and I want you to know I tried my best to let you know how much I appreciated it and thank you, and I still do. I still do. This church is where it's at today, not because of David Carroll, but this church is where it's at today because of the people that have been in it and that are in it now. It's easy for them to get sidetracked. Like I said, start on one, do something else. I remember when we were had a work day up here, and uh, Brother Mark here, we were back there working in the closet, and uh, we'd look at something, we'd get it out, and the next thing you know, we'd both be off over yonder doing something, and we'd have, hey, we need to get back over here in this closet and get this cleaned up. Uh, Seven personality traits of the server motivation. Alertness. They see things that others don't. They're the ones that will walk in a room and see a picture not straight. They'll see a mirror hanging a little bit crooked. They'll see that. They'll see a row of chairs that's not straight. And the thing about it is, if you having that motivation, if you come in this church and you see something that you feel like is a little bit out of line, fix it. There's nobody going to fault you for that. And let's don't fall in this thing of, well, you know, people are looking and they may see me and wonder what I'm doing. No, listen, there's a scripture and I had intended to find it, and I will before next week. And, and 
it says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. So if you see something, do it. Don't wait to be asked. Don't wait to be told. Don't wait to get permission unless it's some big thing, you know. But if it's for the, the maintenance of the building, let's just do it and get on with it. Uh, the hospitality. They want others to be comfortable. Generosity is they give of themselves. And joyfully, they're happy to do it. And they're flexible. They can do more uh, than one thing at a time. They're multitask. That's one of my shortcomings in this little bit of motor, uh, server motivation is I'm not real multitasking. And they're always available. And they never seem to tire. Uh, children, some uh, characteristics of children with a server motivation. I was reading over these again today, and I, I thought, boy, everybody wish, is going to wish that their child had the server motivation. You don't want them to have prophecy motivation because they may confront you somewhere down the road and tell you you're wrong. Uh, but this is uh, because of their durability, it don't do much good to beat them. If you, now, now, let me say this. Uh, if you have a child that you recognize has a server motivation, there's going to be times that you may need to warm that backside up, okay? And, and nothing tells you that you don't need to do that. I'm old school. I believe the Bible still teaches that if, if your child needs discipline, that you're to beat them with a rod. That's what it says in the book of Proverbs. Beat them with a rod. And let not your heart despair for their much crying, because they will not die if you beat them. Now, it's not talking about beating them and clubbing them and abusing them and bruising them. It's talking about giving them good whipping, good stern whipping. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm evidence of that. If there's something wrong with with somebody, you know, there's two or three times I thought my daddy was going to kill me, but he didn't. You can identify that, can't you, Pat? <laughs> but they need to be showered with praise. If you recognize they have that gift, correct them, discipline them when they need to, but shower them with praise. They can become absorbed in play and play long, uh, alone for hours, particularly when they can use their hands. They love to use their hands. Small children, they love toy cars, trucks, irons, tea sets, and dishes. And as they grow old, they enjoy. Uh, as they grow, they enjoy knitting, crafts, construction sets, and microscopes. And they get satisfaction from putting things together, like puzzles and models and things of that nature. They're good at pretend play, uh, and they love to choose their own direction and activities. And uh, whatever they think of doing, they will do it. And they're easily trained to clean up their room. How many of you wish that your child had to serve a motivation? I want you to notice it says they're not going to just run in there and do it on their own. They're trained to clean up their room. So what does that mean, parents? That means you've got some training to do. If your child won't clean up the room regardless of what kind of gift they got, you've got some training to do. Not doing it for them, but showing them how and encouraging them to do it. Uh, they're, they're easily trained to clean up the room, wash dishes, and sweep the floor, or clean the yard outside. They've got to be trained, though. They're not going to just walk in one day and say, Hey, Dad, I think I'll just go clean up the yard. If they do, just tell them, Look, I haven't got any money to give you. Because you know that's what they're after. We can't buy a car right now, so forget it. If we consider the prophets to be seers, 
Then the servers are the workers. The hands, their hands are involved. The prophecy with the eyes and serving would be the hands are doing it. And also the feet, because, well, we're going to see that they'd be going. When you see someone serving, meeting practical needs at church, in the community, at the grocery store, wherever it may be, when you see somebody meeting practical needs, you need to compliment them and make an effort to appreciate their position. And uh, if you have the server motivation, don't stand around and wait on somebody to appreciate you before you do something. Don't, don't stand there looking to see if somebody's looking at you before you do something. Just do it. Do what you know that you need to be doing, what's in you to do. We need servers. We've got a whole bunch of people that's willing to do. But we need people that have this motivational gift of serving to just step up and, and do. There's things that needs to be done. There's classes that needs to be taken care of. Building grounds that needs to be taken care of. All of these things. Uh, you know, I know of some ministries that won't let somebody get involved in ministry unless they're willing to clean the toilets. If they're not willing to clean the toilets, they say, well, you know, you're not, you know, involved in ministry very much. So, I don't know. If you see Pastor Mark coming at you with a scrub brush, you might want to run. But, <laughs> but anyway, are you getting anything out of this? Now, and the reason I asked you that is because my goal in teaching is to help people be motivated to do what they know they need to be doing. And if they don't know, to help them discover what they need to be doing. And if you're sitting here tonight and you just say, well, man, I don't know, this prophecy thing, I just thought maybe some of that, and this I thought some of that, but I just don't know. Well, hang in there, brother and sister. We've got four more of these. There are five more of these to go through, okay? And we're going to see it. And we've, I believe that by the time we get through these, all of you, teenagers and adults alike, are going to have an idea of what you need to be doing. Then the next thing that we need to do after that is to begin to help you function in that gift. Okay? All right. Does anybody have any question or comment? You know, it always scares me when I say that. Hello. That's a political call. That's not even Jesus. Excuse me. Always when I ask that question, there's no response. It, it bothers me one of two ways. Number one, I feel like I either done such a real good job you understand it all or I got you so confused you don't know where to ask. I did. It was a political call. <laughs> I should have talked to him, shouldn't I? <laughs> okay. We want to be remembering uh, Brenda Leathers. She's recuperating from that broken shoulder. And just uh, pray for her and continue to lift her up. And uh, is there any other prayer request? All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, y'all know we got a little bit of food in the back. That's always that. And uh, anyway, y'all stand and uh, yeah, gonna gonna ask Pat to pray for us as we go.